Before we start this episode, I just want to put a trigger warning out there that this episode talks about abuse. And if it's something that you're not comfortable listening to, like that's perfectly fine. You don't have to. Welcome back to It's Pretty Personal, a podcast all about love, mindset and sharing South Asian stories. I hope you guys are having a great week so far and I know it's only Tuesday, but doesn't it seem like every single day is the same? Maybe it's just me, but I genuinely don't know what day is the weekend now and what day is the weekdays. And yeah, I just feel like I'm in this time warp. So today's episode is actually a continuation of last week's episode on domestic abuse. So if you haven't heard that one yet, I really recommend that you do. Last week, we spoke about what actually is domestic abuse and how it differs between males and females and what are the signs that we can look for if we suspect that someone is going through domestic abuse. And I've learned so much from that episode because honestly, I thought that domestic abuse was just physical violence, but it's so much, so much more than that. And that's the one thing that we really touch upon on that episode. So if you want to know what all the different forms of domestic abuse is, after you've listened to this episode, I would say go listen to that episode. But today we're talking about domestic abuse within the South Asian community, because believe it or not, the South Asian community has one of the biggest rates of domestic abuse in the UK, which is really sad. But also, why? So again, I'm joined by Carmen Singh Baines, a paralegal working in family law to give us more insight into this topic as Carmen deals with cases of domestic abuse as part of his job. And I'd love to know your thoughts too. So why do you think that domestic abuse is so high within the South Asian community? And what do you think that we can do to try and stop it? You're more than welcome to message me on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Pretty Personal. And before we get into this episode, I just want to say that if you're new to this podcast, hi! I'm Prithi and welcome to It's Pretty Personal. If you like this podcast, then please subscribe and leave it a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, that is. And rate it five stars so that other people can find it and we can kind of grow this community together. I hope you learn a lot from this episode, so let's get into it. Moving forward, let's talk about domestic abuse in the South Asian community. Because I was doing some research and I came across a lot of the statistics were within the South Asian community. So why is there a high proportion of domestic abuse cases in South Asian ethnic minorities? There's many, many different reasons. The first reason is we live obviously in a patriarchal society in our communities. No matter how Western, we can even name our kids Karen, John, Sam, whatever you want to do. You're still going to be brown and you're still going to be Asian inside you. You're going to have that mentality. It's still a little bit in there. Even if it's not even big, it's still a small amount. The society that we as Asians live in is that the boy can do whatever he wants and get away with it. And a female's job is to maintain the relationship, maintain the family, look after the children. That's the sort of mindset we have. It's an even interesting video. Like in Hindi, they call, uh, what is it? Uh, the husband uh, is a bhati, right? And mm. bhati means owner. And owner, yeah, yeah. I I did not know that. What the hell? Our culture, our languages already put females below male. Yes. Oh my God, that is so demeaning. Like That's so, oh, I I don't like that. It's a mindset. It's a mindset that we live in that whatever you're going through, the female has to maintain that family no matter what. The males go out and work and get the money and uh, the children have a bonding with their mothers and men must be strong, men must be this. 
And through that, it, it starts breeding this ground of domestic abuse cases. Before then, it wasn't called domestic abuse in probably the olden days. It's only now because we've discovered it. It was seen as normal back then. They used to say in Punjabi, like, they used to say to my granddad as well, like, which basically means keep your wife under your tube, meaning control. That was the advice that he was, what, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 60, 70 years ago, maybe. That's the sort of mentality, and it still probably goes on till now. The man that controls their wife is seen as a good thing in India. That's what it is. That mindset comes here. It's so important, though, for our generation to break that mindset. Yeah, it is very, very important for our generation to not continue this mindset and to break it and hold your elders accountable. We give them respect, but real talk, like sometimes you have uncles walking around and they're like, I made so much money, this and that. But it's on the back of your wives. Who's looking after the house? Who's feeding you? Who's lining your shirt? Who's making you go to work? Yeah. But that's never spoken. Yeah, that's never spoken about. And that really pisses me off. And the thing is like, there's these gender roles that are, very much ingrained in people but we also got to remember that especially in this generation and I can talk about my generation that the gender roles are changing men and women both go to uni men and women both have nine to five jobs or have a career right so we have to educate those people that are not fortunate enough to be educated to be like the world is changing it's 2020 at the same time they're brought up in a society back home and when they came back home, it was a very different world in the, back in the villages. It's not about even just education, because I believe in degree or no degree, a person to person. And oh, 100%. It doesn't yes. matter. When people say, oh, but yeah, look, he's, he's educated, he's not educated. It doesn't, that gives you some sort of understanding. But I've had people that are educated, have done master degrees, and they still probably beat their wife with the belt. I've had these cases before. It doesn't matter whether they're baptized or not baptized. We've had many cases that are baptized and religious, and they beat their partners or they're abusive. The biggest thing is also is when um, the reputation factor as well. Family reputation must be maintained. They might be forced marriages involved as well. Because in our, obviously in our cultures, we've had many cases where they forced marriages happen. So this take the person back, get them forcibly married. Or India or Pakistan, get them married and then bring them back into the UK. Arranged marriages or love marriages, it doesn't matter. But arranged marriages as well. Maybe you've not had the chance to get to know the person, but they're married and that's it. They're brought here. So it's that mindset. And unfortunately, I'm going to say this straight, but the Punjabi community, Pakistan community, Sikh community, we've all failed big time in tackling domestic abuse. I've spent days where I've just spoken Punjabi a whole day. I'm sometimes so like concerned. I'm thinking, why is there such a high proportion of Punjabi people on my system when we are not the biggest population in this country? It's an absolute joke. It's a joke. Like honestly, whether it's young or old or out of control. And people don't seem to care. Like, I'm going to be honest, man. If you really cared, I wouldn't be here because you would have known what it's all about. It's, there's some of the stats as well, like Home Finder UK, which is a non-profit housing organization that deals with domestic victims and, they, and providing accommodation. They said, according to them, 60% of domestic abuse survivors were from a black African ethnic minority background or an Asian background. 60%. The reason why is there is because... First of all, we don't talk openly to each other. So if you're going back in when you're young, your relationship with your parents is based on getting educated, get a nice house, get married, have kids, get the kids married, and the kids get married, and the kids get married. And it's the same cycle. Do you know what? It's a lot about marriage, isn't it? Oh my God. I like. Can you imagine? I would love it if Asian parents would be like, do you know what? I want you to date people. 
That I will be Actually, like hallelujah you know moment. We were talking a child to my mum, yeah, because she's like that. She's very she's very chill. She believes married but that dating as well and getting to know people is so important. Yeah, but definitely. Especially biggest, in this day and age. The biggest thing that most Asian, let's say young people, which is gonna the listeners. We don't have any understanding or a lot of us don't actually talk about relationships with our parents. Yeah, we don't. So if you're not going to talk to your parents about a relationship, we're going to go and get your advice from where? A third party outside. So, or you just discover it yourself. So parents are not telling their children about their married lives and how to maintain a good relationship. If they themselves have been in a 34-year marriage, then the children are sort of left like, okay, right, okay, so what do I do? And then when things go bad, then the parents start advising Oh, you should have done this, but you should have done that. So, what, what, I hate when they do that. Yeah, there's no point getting people married off if you don't teach them how to be in a relationship. What's the point? Basically. Thank you. Thank you. Preaching, preaching now. Oh, preaching, preach much. that, preach that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> so how have the older generation dealt with domestic abuse compared to the newer generation? Older generation, honestly, they just stuck by it. Most victims have been female. I've had a few older generation males victims as well, but females, essentially, they just stay in the relationship. They're always told, when you get married, as with a female, well, my mom used to tell me about this and my grandma as well when I speak to them, they said that when the dolly happens, the send-off, they're always told, don't turn back, never look back. They never look back. So that mindset has been there, that if you're going to be in your in-laws, you're going to do the best you can to stay in there no matter what. Work it out. And then you have kids once you have children, they're just living their lives for their children. And then once the children become an old age and married off, then that decision is made at that point to maybe talk to the police about the domestic abuse. I've done and done cases of 30, 40 years of domestic abuse. That's a long, long time. But it's only done after the child is married or children are married. But if the children were looking to get married, that sometimes the victims get the stress of reputation comes in because they say, well, if I get divorced or if the community finds out, my children won't get married or the, what happens with the community. So... This whole community thing is a big deal. And honestly, my community is no eyes and ears. Let them, it's just a word that has made people scared and making them live their lives in, in such a way. Fear of judgment. Yeah, fear of judgment. Because if a relationship breaks down, they might blame the wife. She might have done it. Yeah, that happens. Or maybe it's her fault. Or maybe she didn't look after the kids enough. But that needs to change. Like That narrative needs to change because like, we always shame the women when we don't shame the men. When you live in the country and you're an ethnic minority, you're still going to have a different lifestyle to a white British yeah. person. And this is coming from me who's lived in a white British area for 10, 12 years right now. I know it's what it's like. No matter how much you try, you're still going to have a different mindset. So the older generation just stuck out. They stuck it out. That's why we have joint families and big families and your mom and father being in a long-term relationship because they were just told, you can't break that relationship. Don't. Divorce is a bad thing. If you have a divorce label, you're not going to get remarried. So the, all these things start coming up your head. All oh, the children are growing up. Let's not ruin their lives. So they're just sort of normalized to it. And then that gives the abuser small and more uh, opportunities to increase the high levels. So what can Asian communities do to tackle domestic abuse? First of all, they need to speak about it. That's the biggest thing. I want every single person to have a chat with their parents and their grandparents and talk to them about their own marriages. Get them to talk about how was your marriage? What was the ups and downs? So important to understand from your own home what has been going on. And you're adults now. So we're adults or young age, you can have those sort of communication and have that sort of bonding. The next thing would be you can have community centers that get involved. So community centers or places of worship, we were saying, because in our communities, you know, we have a mandir, a mosque, or gurdwara. These are the main places where a lot of sangha, a lot of people actually are there. So starting to get them involved in spreading awareness on domestic abuse. 
Again, Gurdwara has to explain the reasoning. This is a big, big problem in our communities. Having a workshop can help spread awareness of domestic abuse and it could help save lives and help change people's lives. And as well as getting them to research, go on YouTube. There's many interesting documentaries that are on there. There's one called Call Me Dad. It's an Australian documentary about male domestic abusers and their prevention program. It's actually talking to abusers. Yeah. And, get, and it's an intervention program to make sure they uh, stop their abusive behavior and realize what they're doing wrong. So as an Asian community, we first need to open up about ourselves. We need to realize because we keep putting everything under the carpet. Like we just believe in, you know, well, we're Asian community, we're richer, we've got more properties now, glamorous weddings, all this and that. Got domestic abuse. This leads to broken families, suicide, leads to the younger generation broken and living in broken families, which leads to further problems. So it's a society. We need to all realize it. And we need to speak to each other and start having dialogue. And spreading awareness is it's all down to ourselves, what we can do. There's another aspect um, I wanted to cover about Asian community was a big one, spousal visa abuse. Spousal visa abuse is a massive, massive problem in our community. Now, the reason why it's related to us is because a lot of people do go back home and get married and they um, bring their partners via spousal visa into this country. So people think, yeah, that's, that's fine. But the issues that arise out of victims that have come from abroad, from Pakistan and from India, Bangladesh, when they're on a visa, that visa itself has become the problem because the abuser is going to use that visa to make sure the victim does what they say. If they're going to say, oh, I'll cancel your visa, I'll report you to home office, and that's it, I'll send you back home. Through that, they're just able to do absolute a level of abuse, the violence. Many places, day in, day out, that we have to go through, and they're abused because of the visa. And that is such a, a taboo subject, it's a hidden subject, because when someone's coming from another country, they're already at a disadvantage from you. You're homegrown, you're born here, you're used to with your knowledge of the services, and what's available, what, what is even the police number. Something coming from abroad, they can be abused. They're vulnerable already. They require your support. And that's where the abuser clamps on that. And I want to also say that if anyone is going through spousal visa abuse and you're on an indefinite leave to remain or a, on a spouse visa and say if you've been divorced or your relationship ended and you had to leave the home, you can inform the home office that you're a victim of domestic abuse and pretend to file a case through an immigration solicitor and try and get indefinite leave to remain. So you can get that. And definitely remain is like a, a long-term stay in the UK. So don't ever feel that you, just because someone can call up home office and cancel your visa, that you're going to go back home. But it's, I feel really sad for victims that have come from abroad, like from Punjab and from back home, Pakistan, because they literally don't know English. And I'm the first person they're speaking to about their whole life problem. Now, could you imagine? They speak to the police, don't have as many translators. So these guys are so, so vulnerable. It's unbelievable. They literally don't even know what they're applying for. The order. I have to explain everything from A to Z, and you just feel so sorry for them. And nothing makes you satisfied when they get orders granted, but they don't even know their refugees existed. They don't even know they can get benefits. It's important to talk about that, and it's important to tell people that you do have rights here. And we as a community should feel ashamed of that, honestly. We take pride in ourselves so much, and it's all on the front of other communities, but we ourselves, we don't even highlight these issues, and we, we can't talk about these things, or it's a taboo subject, and it's not discussed at homes. But these things happen. So I've had families that they intentionally get their sons married to a girl from Punjab or back home because it's easier to control. Or they'll come here and they are dependent on you. 
I know we've mentioned organisations before, but are there any South Asian specific organisations? Because as you said, a lot of these people don't know how to speak English properly. So are there people that can speak in like the mother tongue to them? There's a number of organisations. There's Muslim Women's Network. The one organisation in Birmingham. They provide support to domestic abuse victims and also can help with a range of other matters, whether it's applying for benefits or to the council, basically anything. And they all they speak of in Punjabi, Hindi, Urdu and Bengali. So they could probably cover off a lot of the areas. And uh, then if you're in, based in uh, West London or London, you can contact South or Black Sisters. They're a big organisation that help deal with uh, support and advice for victims in the Asian communities. There is a um, Sikh Women's Awareness Association, I think it is. I think it's called SWAN, Sikh Women, but they can also handle Pakistani case. Bandabi, Hindi, and Urdu will cover it off. They're based in Midlands. They can provide support for domestic abuse. It's actually not as many out there, unfortunately. So that's another area we need to look into. Or sometimes our cases where people go to the Gurdwara or temple or the uh, mosque to get help. Because sometimes community leaders are there. They can refer you to a social worker. But the first step is if, if you're in trouble and you just can't speak English, then just go to the council and say, I can only speak this language. They will find you some translator. I really do wish that places of worship talk about this a lot more. I would love my Gurdwara to like start talking about domestic abuse. It just depends on what the Gurdwaras want to do. They have there's so much surplus money anyway. So it depends what they want to do with the money. I mean, what's the point? You either have a flashy Gurdwara that looks nice and just there as a Gurdwara, or you have a Gurdwara that serves people. Besides, Langar, Langar is one thing which is very important, but which we are proud of um, with serving community. But there's another level of serving as well, which is helping homelessness, helping d- domestic abuse, providing, just even allowing workshops, allowing organizations come in and speak about it. Because that's where Seek Awareness Society started talking about grooming. And that really resonated within the communities. It spread around. And if Gurdwars have the funds and the means, they can do it. It's, we can't put too much pressure on them because it's from people as well. It just depends, isn't it? If it's a male-dominated uh, committees across up and down the country, are males as passionate about talking about domestic abuse? The question mm-hmm. we pose. So, yeah, I think it'd be nice to see Gurdwars, and it's down to ourselves and maybe me as well, that to put pressure and try and uh, start workshops across up and down the country because uh, a Gurdwara is a place of worship, but at the same time, it's a collective. We can gather the community together. It is a community, this. yeah. And finally, is there anything else that you think that you haven't said that you would like to cover about domestic violence? Domestic violence, as I mentioned, is so, so, so important that every single person listening to this podcast, well, first of all, you got to the end, so you probably heard everything. <laughs> yeah, well done for getting yeah, to the yeah. end. I've been skipping me, yeah. I thought, don't worry, I'm an interesting guy. I've just been reserved a bit in this podcast. But I'm going to be honest, every single person, it's so important that we actually research domestic abuse for ourselves. First of all, work on yourself, work on your own flaws, look at where you go wrong and recognize what are your problems. Because we're living in a world right now where we tend to blame the other person for your downfall and for your own problems. Sometimes abusers say, oh, you make me angry. If you weren't like this, I wouldn't be like this. I drink more alcohol because of you. There's so many things that we need to work on ourselves. Like you shouldn't praise men to give women equal rights. I think that's just a given. Yeah, like some, men, some men call to me off. Some to say, some of the male victims say, oh, well, at least I didn't hit her. So she should, be, she should be grateful. They're a victim. And they say, oh, yeah, she should be grateful. I just didn't beat her up. But other men do. That makes me angry. It actually makes victim. me angry. Trust me, a lot of male victims say that. This is a mindset. This is the real world. And this is not just up saying, anyone. Domestic violence doesn't have 
a specific skin tone. It happens to any community, any person. It's a human, it's a human problem. And just so surprised when I'm on social media that the lack of awareness of it. People just don't want to share these data. Sometimes my Instagram, I've done a few here and there, I've shared a few videos. People have messaged me back. I one time shared like simple things like um, uh, during the lockdown, Boots and pharmacies were opening their consultation rooms for domestic victims. Only three people shared it out of 200, maybe 300 people who saw my story. And a lot of young people, we grow up, we think everything's going to be perfect. Oh no, it's not going to happen to me. When it happens, it happens. Social media is a fake world. You know, a lot of girls, the girls do this, they all get what you're doing, you know that. Watching wedding videos on YouTube. They all I, do that. I don't, I don't do that. Oh, I wow. 100%, hey. I am not that girl. Hey. I am not that girl. I've sure. never watched a wedding you're video. Sure. Are you actually 100%. sure? 100%. Okay. I'm sure. Not even like. I watched my cousin's ones, but like no random people's ones. Not like pinky weds, mint or something like that. Not that. No. <laughs> I just created a random one. I'm not, I'm not that girl. <laughs> all right, all right, cool. Fair enough. Uh, I take pride in that as well. Look at that, you're proud, yeah. But like on social media, we have these things where girls aspire. It's all wedding photo shoots. It's all glitz and glamour. Everything, relationships are just scenic views and you go walking on the beach and all this shit. That's not real relationship though. This is what real, this is the real world. The real world is this. Whatever I've talked about this whole podcast, this is what's happening in the real world. So you cannot get swayed by what the social media tells you and what Punjabi films or Bollywood films. It all just, it's fake. Like, you know the film Sopna that all the, a lot of people love that film? Uh, have you seen Sopna? Ami Vak film. Yeah, yeah Ami Vak one. I think it's Sopna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it the one, or was it Kismet Sopna, where the girl um, hid under the cupboard and died? She died and ran away. Yeah, there. no, it was, it was Sopna. Romantic girl's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what was it? Like, her dad, she was talking to her dad. Her dad was in the army or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's also, these sort of films and these sort of romantic things is just a fantasy, most likely. So we can't afford to get swayed by these fantasies and can't afford to expect that relationships are like that. There are going to be tough times in relationships and there's going to be people out there who are toxic, but don't ever feel you're the only one. So this is how serious it is and it's not going to end. So it's up to us as society to take action. It's going to take time from the government. We can't expect the government to bring in laws and Oh, they should do everything for domestic abuse. We as a community need to start talking about it, men and women. It can't just be women because if men, they're, they're bulk of work and they're not taking action, then we're just going to be in the same cycle again and again. And there's going to be a, there'll be another podcast with me attending again. And I want to also want the boys, men as well, to start sharing content and researching into this as well. If anyone wants to learn more about domestic abuse or or if they have any opinions or anything I've said that they disagree or agree with, then feel free to contact me. I'm more than happy. Message him. I will put his details in the episode description. Wow, my DMs are going <laughs> to be arguments. Your DMs are going to be popping. There's going to be arguments. There's going to be people that may not like what I say, but I just say what comes out straight from my heart. I'm not going to sugarcoat things. And I'm just sick and tired every day of cases that are just violent and abusive and people getting away with things and it frustrates me. And even more frustrating when it's a Punjabi case and the level of abuse is so high and it, sometimes it, it's personal when you speak to someone in Punjabi because there's a cultural aspect to it. They feel so happy when they speak to me that there's someone who understands their problems. And being able to control your own anger, whether you're a male or female, is the most powerful thing in the world. If you can control your anger and channel it in a most calm manner, in a manner that doesn't hurt the other person, then you are, you are already strong. You're not strong if you're going to be abusive. I was going to say thank you so much for coming on because... I've learned something new and I've learned so much. And I think any, anyone who's listening as well has probably learned a lot. 
But I think it's an important conversation to have because like you said, it can happen to anybody. So I think it's so important for us to know the signs and that domestic abuse is not physical abuse. It's the controlling, it's the isolation, it's the emotional abuse. Like that's all domestic violence. So I just want to say thank you so much for being so open, candid and like you did your research and I'm so, so, so thankful for that. Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. I hope you enjoyed it as well. No, yeah, no, definitely enjoyed this. I just hope that people are taking action and I want people to have this knowledge because this knowledge, only when victims call me on the phone find out about it and that's when they're applying for an order. You're already getting to know about this before anything has happened maybe or you might be going through it. So this is a good time for you to now actually realise, hang on, this is actually good information. So I just urge everyone just to share it as much as possible and uh, share obviously Pretty Person's channel because she's doing a very good job. It's good to see these people from you know, our age now coming out and having a podcast that can relate to so many people in our community and other communities. Thank you for having me on here. Thank you. So that was it. That was the conclusion of the domestic abuse episode. And I understand that it might not be the easiest of listens. And I really appreciate you staying until the end. Like I said before, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, please do after this. I think one of the biggest things that we need to do is just raise awareness about this so that people that are going through this know that there is support available. I've added some help plans below that are South Asian specific. So if you're going through this or you know of a friend or someone that's going through this that probably can't speak English very well or doesn't know how to get help, then these help plans will really help. And also on my Instagram, I've actually put some helplines as well of UK Pacific helplines for men, women and those in the LGBTQ plus community as well. Please share this with your friends and family or who you think will be able to relate with this and maybe share it on your social media if you want to. It would be great if you could. Honestly, you never know who it might help, right? And that is all for this week. I'll speak to you guys next week. Take care. Bye. (laughs)